How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Keep It Kayfabe podcast. This is the eighth show. We have some MMA news to talk about. We have a very little bit of wrestling news, so let's get right into it. Mark Hunt is calling for an MMA fighters union. This is after three of his last opponents have failed for PEDs. Uh, the three opponents are Bigfoot Silva, Frank Mir, and most recently Brock Lesnar. Um, a union would mean higher pay for all fighters, full benefits. Uh, fighters would be... Right now, they're classified as independent contractors, but under a union, they'd be classified as employees. Um, All fighters would have a voice, where they currently really have none. The only fighters that really have a voice are at the highest level of the sport, and uh, as shown, even Conor McGregor can be pulled from a fight when he doesn't obey the UFC's demands, so a union would definitely help that out. Jose Aldo recently said he would have Vitor Belfort head the union because he's been there the longest, but Mark Hunt obviously wouldn't agree with something like that because... Vitor has been popped for PEDs in the past, but the fighters definitely need a union, and they should have a guy that's been there for a long time. There's been a lot of guys there for about, you know, 10 to 15 years, like Dan Henderson, even though he's retiring. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the UFC's new ownership thinks of this because their old their old ownership, the Fertitta brothers, heavily opposed the union, and uh, actually with their casinos, their whole thing was they're opposing their workers being part of a union. And uh, that's actually, believe it or not, why MMA wasn't allowed in New York for so long because of a whole issue in Nevada with a casino not allowing their workers to become unionized. That's actually why um, Sheldon Silver kept MMA out of New York for a long time. So what the fighters would need now to become unionized is really to have just a majority, uh, you know, stick together, get something signed, get something truly started. Um, right now, they have a lot of a lot of older fighters, a lot of disgruntled fighters that want to be part of a union and people on the lower end of the pay scale. But the people on the higher end of the pay scale don't really have a problem with the UFC because they're getting paid their millions. So, you know, what do they have to gripe about? Um, so, yeah, for the, for the lesser fighter, it'll be a big improvement if there was a union created. And uh, we just need some, some of these other fighters to get on board to make that happen. In other MMA news, Joe Rogan has signed with the UFC. Originally, his contract was up in August and he was going to leave, but he announced on his podcast with Jeremy Stevens that instead of leaving, he was going to just do domestic pay-per-view cards. He's not going to do international pay-per-view cards anymore. Previously, he wouldn't go to Brazil. He'd have uh, stand-ins go there for him, um, particularly Brian Stan, who is also uh, probably going to cover for him here. And Joe Rogan will no longer do the Fox events. He's only... Strictly going to do the pay-per-view cards. USADA has recently cleared fighter Islam Makachev for meldonium. What happened here was he failed a drug test and he got pulled from the fight. Um, But he said he didn't know of any supplements that he took or anything. So USADA investigated and what actually happened was in 2015... Uh, Makachev had a medical condition where the doctor doctor prescribed this drug and the testing is still out on it. Not much is known about it. So um, even though he tested positive for metabolites, what actually happened was he hadn't taken the drug since 2015 and it stays in your system that long where you would still test positive even if you haven't ingested that substance for, you know, a year or more, which is what happened here. So USADA cleared him of all wrongdoing, so he's going to be good to fight even though he got pulled out of his... Um, upcoming scheduled fight, but all's clear there. In other drug testing news, Chad Mendez said he failed his USADA drug test because he used a sc- skin cream for plaque psoriasis. Uh, the banned ingredient was GHRP-6, and Mendez admitted to using this. He took his two-year suspension like a man. He actually said himself that he never tried to lie or make up a BS story. He simply took his punishment. Uh, he's going to be eligible to return in 2018, which, you know... 
uh, he's probably not retired because even though he was getting older, I mean, a lot of these guys now fight into their, you know, 40s or late 30s at the very least. So he's going to be in his late 30s, but he should still be a top contender, although he is losing out uh, some of his prime years. So that definitely cost him. But um, yeah, USADA is not out to just get people like if, if they have a reasonable uh, explanation for why they why they took a drug or why it was in their system, then, you know, the, the suspension will be reduced. But here, Chad Mendez didn't disclose it. And uh, he said, yeah, I was using it, um, so I'm going to take my punishment like a man. WWE reports 1.52 million paid subscribers for the WWE Network, uh, and they project a 1.49 million turnaround for quarter three. That's, of course, losing 0.03 million uh, paid subscribers. Now, WWE doesn't run pay-per-view, any, pay-per-view events anymore, which uh, ran 35 to $55 a pop. They ran about 13 events a year, so they lost out on all that revenue when they switched from a pay-per-view model to a WWE Network model. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they needed to have 1.3 million subscribers to break even, but that was supposed to be domestically, and now they have 1.52 uh, million subscribers. I believe that's worldwide, so it's still uh, not as high as they projected initially for the network, but it's still afloat, and uh, they're making up a lot of money in um, house shows, and even though the TV ratings are down, the TV revenue is up, and the house show revenue is up, and the merchandise sales are up, the only thing that's really down is TV ratings, and uh, this is actually the biggest uh, network subscriber count, I believe, ever. Um, before they had over 1.3 million, but a lot of those were were um, free trials and not actually paid subscriptions. So this 1.52 million is actually an average um, that they had for quarter two. We still have a Raw and SmackDown uh, comparison slash review coming up later this week, but this uh, this Tuesday on SmackDown Live. It was announced that Dolph Ziggler will face Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. This was made after Ziggler pinned AJ Styles clean in a uh, six-man match for the number one contender contender slot, and that's actually good for him. This is the second or third biggest show of the year uh, behind WrestleMania, so it's nice that he gets a little bit of a push here. I don't expect uh, him to win. I expect Ambrose to retain the championship. Um, but this is a nice spot for Ziggler where they don't need to rely on him for network subs or pay-per-view buys because they already have Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton on the card, AJ Styles and uh, John Cena, and they already have um, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins for the other title. So it's a stacked card. He's going to be fourth or fifth from the top, but it's a nice uh, nice little consolation prize for Ziggler here. Gegard Mousasi will face off against Vitor Belfort at 185 at uh, UFC 204 in Manchester, England. This 204 card will be headlined by Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping for the middleweight title. So all four of these guys fight on the same night. That's typically what they do because if somebody gets hurt for the championship fight, they'll have either Musasi or Belfort ready to go, already be in shape and camp and ready to fight on that same night. Um, Belfort and Musasi were supposed to fight for the Affliction promotion before they went out of business around 2009. So they're finally going to get to square off here at UFC 204. Last but not least, this weekend, as mentioned before, we have Robbie Lawler versus Tyrone Woodley, and we're going to have a breakdown right now. Um, Robbie Lawler is going to come out swinging. He starts out slow. He is uh, a pure striker. He doesn't really like to wrestle. He has great takedown defense, and he's going to look to knock your head off. 
Like I said, he starts really slow. He will come around with leg kicks every once in a while, usually to set up either a high kick or a power combination. He doesn't really have to worry about going for takedowns against Woodley, and I don't think Woodley expects Lawler to go for any kind of takedowns. Uh, Robbie Lawler starts really picking it up in the third round. Uh, people can't really match his pace. It seems like after he gets tagged a few times, he actually that's when he starts coming into his own and swinging back. Until he gets hit, he doesn't really look like himself out there. And uh, there's a new term that Joe, I think Joe Rogan coined. It's called fifth round Robbie Lawler. He's like an entirely different fighter. And uh, since he's been at this welterweight title picture, he every fifth round he comes out like a madman. He bites down on his mouthpiece and just stalks his opponent down. Like, even after some of his fights, after the bell rings, he's still in that mode where the ref has to calm him down. It's scary. Um, Tyrone Woodley, he is a high-level wrestler. He's going to look to take Robbie Lawler down and control him for majority of this fight. And he has actually a very good shot at winning. A lot of people think uh, that Robbie Lawler is going to walk away with the victory here. And I also think that Robbie Lawler is going to walk away with the victory. But I would put it about 50-50 because if you've seen Strike Force, you'd know that Robbie Lawler is not the Rob Robbie Lawler of 2016. And he lost to some guys like Tim Kennedy and to some lower-level competition where he really shouldn't have lost. And Tyrone Woodley was actually going to be the next big thing. He held everybody down. He dominated everybody. And uh, even in the UFC, I mean, one of his last fights was against Carlos Condit, even though it was such a long time ago. Uh, those big fights were earned him this title shot. So he is legit. He does deserve to be here. And uh, those takedowns are going to be a real threat to Robbie. Um, Robbie Lawler has gotten held down a lot in his career, and up until recently, that's been a really big problem for him, and it's kept him from winning high-level fights. So I predict Robbie Lawler comes away with the five-round decision. I don't see this fight uh, ending sooner than that. And of course, unless Robbie Lawler knocks him out, I don't see it going in Woodley's favor. But Woodley could very well eke out a five-round decision by controlling Lawler. All he has to do is control him for... What? He has to control him for three rounds. Uh, if he's very dominant in one of the rounds, it could be a 10-8. So, you know, it could be very easy work for Woodley to uh, win the welterweight championship. And that's it for the Keep It Kayfabe show. If you like what you heard, give me a like and a share. Also, down below in the comments, I have some recent articles. If you could check those out and let me know what you think. Thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next show. Bye.